Today we have a special guest AJ Smith. He is going to speak to us about what venture capitalists look for when investing in startups and how to raise capital for your business. This is not financial advice. Please consult your financial advisor to associate the risks involved with any investment. Get $500 in free advertising and professional advertising help when advertising today in our business virtual world and our virtual world affiliates. See how advertisers are getting a 200% return on investment on their advertising spend. Give us a call at 888-503-8298. Are you tired of developers and consulting firms taking advantage of your lack of technology knowledge? Narrow Lending is here to help with your software, mobile app, IT security, and game development needs. Give us a call at 888-503-8298. Check out AJ Smith's virtual world. Our goal is to gamify the podcast experience for our listeners. We accomplish this by creating a virtual world for our guest AJ Smith that listeners can enter and learn more about AJ through a first-person game format. Listeners can also earn money while being in our guest virtual world and get huge discounts on business services, clothing, and much more. Explore the open-world virtual city of our guest and enjoy virtual concerts, shopping mall, games, and a great fun experience. Play multiplayer games where you can earn discounts and money to use toward business or sell in our open marketplace. We hope you enjoy the experience. How did you get into the venture capitalist industry? Uh, yeah, so, you know, I, um, I got my start in the tech space back in 2010, 2011 in, in crypto. I was um, actually one of your other guests, Brandon Mayer. He's also my managing partner at Level Up Ventures. Um, he and I were working for a, a Bitcoin exchange that Winklevoss backed um, before Gemini um, back then. And I was coming in as a developer. He was a financial controller. And um, yeah, I kind of got our start there and got really sucked into the entrepreneurship startup community. Uh, through that. And then he and I ended up going and starting a company and raising funds. And then um, out of that and out of that um, experience, he transitioned into becoming a VC. And I would consult with all, all of his portfolio companies that he felt needed a little extra guidance and help, uh, especially on the tech front. And then I went off into sort of wealth management and continuing my role in technology and also going after this music career and, and writing songs that uh, I mean, I I wrote a number three a song that went number three in Australia and like other chart topping. I have a song right now that's on the top hundred um, in alt radio in the in the U.S., which is pretty cool. And um, yeah, and you know, and so then Brandon, after um, he left Quake Capital, um, he and I started just working together, consulting with startups all over the the world, and um, you know, helping them with their fundraise me helping them with their storytelling, especially, you know, as a, as a songwriter, a startup tech guy, I, you know, I, I feel like one of my strengths is helping people translate and storytell when it comes to, Hey, how do we raise capital and make this actually a thing? Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I got my. Do you think being a musician helps you in guiding startup entrepreneurs? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, you know, cause, uh, you know, the biggest question that we, that always gets asked when you're talking to a potential startup that's trying to pitch us or, you know, that we're trying to help fundraise with, with our partner is, Hey, what's your traction like? Right. Um, and that's something as a musician, 
that you constantly get quest uh, questioned about as well. I mean, labels are basically like VCs in, in the music community, right? Um, there's obviously other ways to build your community, to build your your fan base, um, which is, it's your customers, it's your community. Uh, and so I think having that entrepreneurial mindset constantly and looking at how to grow revenue, um, what songwriting sessions, what business activity should I be in there? Uh, it, it marries very well. And then at the end of the day, it comes down to storytelling. And when you're writing songs every day and you're building pitch decks every day and you're uh, communicating with founders every day and trying to understand and articulate their vision, it just, it all comes down to storytelling. And Do you feel as if it is important to have a tech founder when you invest in startup companies? Help, right? It's, it's never going to hurt when you have somebody on the team who can be a builder as well or at least has the technical abilities to make sure that they're creating the right team of builders. Um, that said, there's such a great no code uh, momentum going on right now. And there's so many amazing tools out there to go no code um, that somebody who maybe doesn't have a dev background, but is willing to sit through some online learning materials and, and learn how to build products to a certain extent, no code, you know, learn how to use Zapier, learn how to um, use Webflow, learn how to use Airtable and like some, some of these other really amazing things um, that can be a, a huge leg up. And then, you know, my role with Level Up too is if we're working with a company and they need help uh, narrowing down their pool of candidates from a technical perspective, like I can actually sit in on an interview or two or help guide them into making the right choice in terms of if you're not a technical founder and you don't know the difference between node and express um on and like mean stack and others you know then then we can actually sit through and, and or you know react or anything like that if you're talking react or angular or whatever you know we can actually talk you through that and we can help you make the right decisions for your business do you feel as if non-fungible tokens are good for musicians? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because I, I hate using buzzy words sometimes, but, uh, but democratization is never a bad thing, right? Um, I think it all comes down to utilization. You know, how does somebody use it? I think there's a lot of people that maybe don't understand it that are just trying to hop onto the hype and hop onto the fad. Um, and, and that, if anything, makes it more of a fad than it does a longevity play. When you have people adopting that aren't pouring themselves into the community that aren't actually learning about the underlying technology. That's also not necessarily a bad thing because, you know, you always have early adopters and then you have mass market appeal and, and all of that. And I think there's definitely a lot of interest in that. And that's just part of the life cycle of a, of a new tech. Um, but obviously the capabilities of that, of NFTs um, for what it could do for music and making it, I mean, already labels are expecting you to come to the table with a pretty uh, massive following. They expect you to have a million monthly listeners unless they're signing you when you're like 14 years old, right? Off of, um, and so if you're coming in with an audience of a million people, well then at that point, you know, I think of it, uh, Chance the Rapper's manager, for example, has talked about this um, in terms of just like at a startup, you're just building out the other components of your team. And right. And what does a label represent? 
Uh, a label represents having that all-in-one 360. You hear about 360 deals all the time um, of that business management for better or worse, right? Because at the end of the day, they're out there to manage their own business. Um, ability to help with booking and put you on tours, opening for their other signed artists. Um, distribution is the huge thing that the uh, radio promo, uh, d despite how few people listen to radio, which means, you know, now they're talking Spotify, DSP distribution. If you can find those members of your team, you might not need them. And if you can go direct to your fans and you can give them a sense of ownership over a project, over an album. Um, I mean, I feel like if you curate the type of community that can understand that and be a part of it and contribute, and we've already seen that happen on the crowdfunding side, if that's what you want to do, do it. If that's not what you want to do because, you know, it's something that, you're trying to go a different route. That's fine too. But yeah, I mean, obviously NFTs represent. How do you feel about virtual world concerts like the Travis Scott and Ariana Grande Fortnite concerts? Yeah, I mean, I always, my question for anybody, whether it's music, whether it's a startup is what's your goal, right? Um, and if your goal is to be out there in front of real people and your goal is to sell tickets and sell at a stadium tour in front of a live audience, um, okay, well, that's your goal. But can doing a virtual concert, if, if it's just to be able to build a community and it's just to be able to have actual and connect with people, well, then what does it matter how you connect with them? And if, um, you know, you're, you're wanting to be able to just perform and make a living doing music, or uh, then you could be completely cutting out a potential fan base. And, you know, you could call it nerdy if you like, but, you know, it's also like people buying vinyl used to be considered nerdy, right? People, um, yeah, playing video games used to, or, you know, D and D and reading fantasy novels and all of that used to be considered nerdy. And then what game of Thrones, uh, house of the dragon. I mean, like I I've always been an avid fantasy reader and, and gamer and like that kind of stuff too. But, um, there's so much music in video games that there's such an opportunity to be able to connect with an audience, um, that I think a lot of people are missing out on if they aren't participating in that. And, you know, those, those people are hardcore, you know, like when I hear something that I love, I, in a game or in that type of scenario, I, I'm like, let's go. I still, from my original, like PS2, the need for speed soundtrack, still all of the songs that were in that, like, I'm still just a huge fan of, you know. What do you look for in startup founders when investing? Yeah. Uh. Sure. I mean, regardless, uh, I think it's all related, right? Because I think when we're looking at a startup, one of the key components is team. Um, the other is mission, right? And I think it's going to be easier for mission-driven founders, right? When you're actually solving a very, people always go, hey, what's the problem, right? Um, and that can sound cliche, but it's it's very true. And when you are solving a problem and it's not just a business opportunity, um, then a, your go-to-market is going to be easier. B, you're going to be more likely 
to push through difficult moments because at the end of the day, you have a mission that's spurring you on as a founder. You're like, I need to solve this problem for this community. And I believe in my heart that that needs to be done. Uh, and, and so that's, that's step one. And then two is, is it the right team to do it? Right. Um, what's, and that's okay. Well, what are their skill sets? What are they really great at? Do they know where they aren't great and are they receptive to being able to fill those gaps through other people or do they think that they know everything when nobody can, right? Um, like, I, I know that I, I suck at a lot of things and I don't pretend to be great at those. Um, I would rather go and find somebody who is really great at that. I'm a generalist. I know a lot of things about a lot of things, but I don't know each necessarily to a deep dive unless we're talking music and some finance type stuff. Um, and so that's, that's two team and ability to be coached and ability to go and find and fill the gaps, identify gaps, because that's a skill set that's going to just translate as the business grows is as the business is gaining traction and momentum, there's still going to, there's going to be new gaps and new problems that get introduced. And how are you going to be at, at problem solving and filling those gaps down the road and recognizing where those problems are? Um, Three, of course, is traction. Um, we always like to, when we're investing in a company, part of that process is validating not just the IP and the and the solution that they've built. Um, and there's there's a reason that I'm putting that solution and product after traction um, because, um, you know, two was ability to, to do stuff. But um, traction almost proves that that problem that you have and that you've identified is real. Um, is, hey, yeah, there's actually an audience that is willing to convert into a customer, um, join our community as, as we solve this and that there's, there's actually a market need. Um, and then, you know, after that is product. Um, we always want there to be a product, an MVP. Uh, we don't invest in pre-product companies in part because you can't get traction without product. You know, if you say that you have a thousand people on your w waiting list, okay. Anybody can say that, right? You know, anybody can go and build a drip campaign and a landing page and do that. That's an important part of the process and learning how to do that is an important part of the process. But if you don't have a product, then there's no IP yet. And then what are we investing in? We're investing in an idea and that's just a little too early for us. Um, we are early stage. But Get $500 in free advertising and professional advertising help when advertising today in our business virtual world and our virtual world affiliates. See how advertisers are getting a 200% return on investment on their advertising spend. Give us a call at 888-503-8298. Are you tired of developers and consulting firms taking advantage of your lack of technology knowledge? Narrow Lending is here to help with your software, mobile app, IT security, and game development needs. Give us a call at 888-503-8298. Do you see a lot of startups building on Cosmos? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I think there's this interesting movement. Um, it'll be interesting to see who wins to a certain extent in in thinking through um, the classic L1 and then L2, or if we're going to be seeing, you know, like, what is it? Is it, it's dot, right? Um, uh, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, that, yeah, there's there's a lot, right? And that that's why I said it, it'll be interesting to see who wins. Um, because I think that's when you start getting into that sort of um, ready player one capability, right? <laughs> to a certain extent of everybody being like the entire world being sucked in and driven by uh, by that. But I think the interoperability is, is going to be key um, on that front. I think um, being able to have use case specific L2s that are optimized a little bit better um, in order to be, so that it's almost like now the apps are going to be like L3, you know what I mean? Like, um, I think that's going to be able to help. So then that way, if you have a gaming optimized L2 and then you have, or I mean, or if you want to call it L0, L1, however we want to actually start, it's, it's kind of, I think it's going, there's a little bit of a shift right now that's happening in terms of how we even think about that. Um, and what's the underlying tech, what do we even count that as? Um, but um, yeah, I think that's going to be key. I mean, optimizing those branches almost um, in order to make sure that uh, the future dApps are, uh, are, are interoperable, they are intercommunicative, they are, I mean, that's, that has to be key for the future. I mean, being able to transfer assets easily, be able, that's going to have to be key. Do you believe it matters where founders are located when raising capital? Um, I probably would have said yes three years ago. Um, I don't think so, so much anymore. Uh, because so there now, granted, if you are really trying to get in with that crypto crowd in Miami, um, or honestly, even like Sarasota and, and other parts of, and of Florida are starting to see like secondary cities, right. Are starting to see a pretty big growth in that front too. Um, so much is happening like this, you know, uh, that I almost don't think it matters. And sometimes you might be better, like do the PNL yourself. Um, find out what are you spending for rent and resources and electricity um, where you're at. And then what would your travel budget be versus living in that town? Um, and also how important is it to you to be able to get together in person? Um, there is a, there is still a big value add to networking in person and just being able to go to events and meeting other people that are passionate about what you're passionate about. Um, but you know, to your point, a lot of that is happening remotely, right? Um, and so if you can achieve that and you're the type of person who prefers to stay in Wisconsin, because that's where your family is, that's where your support system is, that's where your, um, you're feeling financially stable um stay in wisconsin fly down to miami and you know there's cheap flights still go do that network for a week go back you know um sometimes there's there's the power of the suitcase and we talk about this in songwriting as well um you know like i i live in nashville which has a really great um health tech seen um amazon obviously coming here too so there's a there's a big growing community of of tech talent um but then also it's it's music city usa right a lot of songwriters um and when i go to la people because i'm only in town for a short period of time 
I don't get as many meetings canceled as when I've been there for a longer period of time. Um, there is the power of the suitcase. When I'm in Miami, um, I have, I'm booked, you know what I mean? As opposed to, oh, well, we'll get together some other day. I, I got to go deal with this family stuff. No, that, you know, I'm made a priority when I'm, when I'm visiting. So I don't know, you know, it, yes and no, it just depends on your personal preference in terms of what fulfills you as an individual. Do you believe you need a warm introduction to a venture capitalist when raising money? Um, <laughs> it definitely helps, right? Um, a warm intro always helps. Uh, I mean, you know, like we've, not everybody does it the same way. And, and in the venture space, um, not everybody has their system set up the way that we do. You know, we've, we've got all of our applications going to a central place. Um, and at least somebody from our core team has to touch and look at every single application that comes through. Um, the chances of getting all of us on the managing team to actually review a deal will be higher if it's coming through somebody that's in our network that we know that we trust. Um, but at a minimum with us, at least you're getting somebody from our core team is seeing every single application that comes through, um, which means that it's being considered. Um, now when we're looking at a pitch deck, and that's really the opportunity to to wow us that in the elevator in the 15 second, you know, one sentence, two sentence max little phrase that you submit with your application. Can you get us curious? Um, and that could be as simple as X solution um, solving X, Y pain point by founder with three previous exits or one previous exit or a serial founder with two previous venture with two previous ventures or um, all this or founder with uh, extensive background in Y space, Z space um, already generating 30 K MRR or um, already generating a hundred K MRR in real revenue or has already um built a customer base of, you know, 10,000 paying customers or, you know, something like that, or, or a thousand paying customers, you know, it all depends on your price point. Um, and, uh, that's enough to get us to open it. Right. Um, so I would always lead with attraction statement as part of your elevator pitch, not just focusing on the solution. Um, if you, if you have traction, put it in there because that's going to make us open it more seriously. Uh, and then on the pitch deck, uh, something that we always pitch <laughs> to to the people that we're working with is um, make sure that it can read easily on an iPhone, head, headline to headline, because that's how we review things a lot. Uh, the first time something gets forwarded to us in our inbox, I might be between Zooms or between meetings, and I open it up and I kind of just swipe through. I swipe through a pitch deck in 45 seconds to a minute or less sometimes. Um, so if I can't, read headline to headline and get the gist of what you're doing and be impressed enough to want to put a comment on it and tag my managing partner to also review it. Um, you know, think about that. Don't be trying to fit too much on a, on a page. What should founders look for when adding venture capitalist to their board slash team? Yeah, I mean, it should be fit. 
right? I, I think it's it's important to to make sure. Now it depends where you're at in your founder journey, and um, but there's smart money and dumb money, and there's micromanagement money, and there's there's strings attached to a check no matter what. Um, and you have to be comfortable with what those strings are um, and what you need. And so I think that's a big, obviously our pitch is that we want to be the most founder friendly uh, fund and uh, that exists. Right. And, and we're, we're doing that obviously with terms that we feel are very fair because of the value that we provide. And the value that we provide is that we know fundraising sucks. It, it just sucks. And we know that even for founders who have a previous exit and have, um, I mean, we're working with a, a founder that had his last exit was, you know, for over a billion um, unicorn founder. And he still wants us to help facilitate investor intros to close out his next round. I mean, he's self-funding it with a, a good amount of money as well. But, um, you know, even that for a founder like that, fundraising is still a huge pain point and getting that pitch deck right is still a huge pain point. And it's a time suck that takes you away from building your business. And so, you know, our, our thing is, Hey, how can we add value? Let's take over on, uh, if, if our check can get you to at least 25% of your round closed, um, and we believe in this, then we can start making intros as well. We'll basically be like a lead investor, even though we're a smaller check size and we're a smaller firm for now, um, with fund one. And uh, how can we provide value? And that can be through pairing you up, not BS mentorship programs, but actually like, okay, you're in the EV space. Well, we have somebody that's one of our LPs and in our network um, and an, an otherwise active angel and VC as well that was leadership at some of the top automotive companies in the world. Well, we'll pair you up with him as a mentor because those are actually, it's not just the checkbook that can open, it's the contact book that can open. And there's there's a lot more value in that. And, you know, if we can make those kinds of intros and we can make those kinds of mentorships happen, well, then our check just immediately becomes more valuable, which is great for us and for our investors. Um, but it's also great for the company because now you're seeing growth happen immediately. Um, so I think it comes down to what do you need? What are the areas? Um, what can a VC provide outside of money. And sometimes to close your round, all you need is the money and you need to look at the deal and you need to make sure that it makes sense. You're not sacrificing too much of the cap table. Um, I love watching Shark Tank because those guys are sharks. Um, you know, um, do you want to, sometimes you want that, sometimes you don't. Um, it, it And their whole thing and their MO is, well, we have these relationships that you don't. So you're going after that because of the relationship. You're going after it because you think that the pie that they're going to be able to turn this into is going to be bigger. And even if you end up with a smaller piece, you know, you're being strategic about it. But um, yeah, what what do you want? What is your goal? I always say this, articulate what your goal is, articulate what you want, and then go and try to find the partners and the team members that can help. How can our listeners get in contact with you? <laughs> that's pretty cool oh hell yeah yeah
Uh, yeah. So if, if you are interested in learning more about us and you want to submit for funding or get in touch with us over there, just go to levelup.bc. Um, mention in your application where you, how you heard about this um, and heard about us and get in touch with us that way. Um, and then that way, you know, we'll flag it and I'll probably be more likely to, to be like, oh, cool. This is coming from that community. Let's uh, let's actually maybe have a conversation. If I mean, we, we can't have a conversation necessarily always with every single company that comes across our deck. It's just not possible. Um, but we try, like I said, we try to be the most founder friendly firm that is out there. And so, you know, we'll we'll always try to make sure that we at least reach out and we say, hey, you know, um, we we love this idea. It's not quite a fit for us just yet, uh, but come back to us when you have a little bit more traction or, um, you know, Hey, this just doesn't fit in with our thesis, but you know, good luck. Like this is really awesome. Keep, keep grinding, keep doing what you're doing. Um, so we at least try to do that. Or, you know, we're saying, Hey, we would love to set up a, a phone call with, with somebody from your founding team, you know? Uh, so definitely get in touch that way. If you want to get in touch with me from a music standpoint, um, AJ Smith everywhere, you can Google it and you can find me, but, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm on Spotify. I've got my song right now. It's almost to a million plays that just came out, um, which is pretty pretty rad. It's called "We're All Gonna Die," um, <laughs> because we are. It's it's a uh, yeah. Thank you, man. Yeah, uh, thank you. I've got I've got more coming out um, as well, and uh, yeah, AJ Smith music everywhere. Just yeah, you'll find me. How can our listeners get in contact with you? It's a grind, man. Well, you know, you know what it is, is that uh, music is such a difficult career that um, and it's such that you have to do other things in the meantime. And I was like, well, do I want to be waiting table or do I want to be coding and doing cool shit, you know, and I would rather be building cool stuff. And, and so that's kind of what it led to a nice career for me. Um, and it's allowed me to be able to play in both worlds and both arenas, you know. That's why we're friends. That's why that's why we're managing partners and we started this thing together. Get $500 in free advertising and professional advertising help when advertising today in our business virtual world and our virtual world affiliates. See how advertisers are getting a 200% return on investment on their advertising spend. Give us a call at 888 are you tired of developers and consulting firms taking advantage of your lack of technology knowledge? Narrow Lending is here to help with your software, mobile app, IT security, and game development needs. Give us a call at 888-503-8298. Thank you for watching. We hope you enjoyed the show.